Last month, 19 kids were murdered and two teachers in the Uvalde school shooting in Texas. It was the second deadliest school shooting in U.S. history. The pictures were constantly in my feed on all social media platforms. Like I know they were for you. And if I can be quite frank with you, um, <clears throat> whenever I first looked through the uh, pictures, I, I literally began to cry. Um, because whenever I saw those kids, I saw my own kids. And you know, it's funny how things like this, and, and you know what I'm talking about, as soon as you have kids of your own, it changes you. I remember whenever I'd even watch movies and such, and let's say there was a, a kid that died, it wouldn't affect me. It'd be like, okay, that's sad, you know? It, it's, a, it's a sad thing, it's a tragic thing, you know? It, but it, it, was, it was nearly the same as if someone in their middle age or, or, or an elderly person uh, died in a movie, right? I mean, it was just, maybe it's more tragic because it was a kid, but it didn't, it didn't ever just radically shake me. Well, that's changed. Even whenever I watch movies, it's really hard for me to watch a movie if I know that there is a kid that dies in the movie. I can't, I can't handle it because I'm a dad. 19 kids in one day, 19. You know, there have been 29 school shootings in America dating all the way back. Look at the history. It dates back to July 26th 1764, and of those 29 school shootings, there is a total of 268 needless deaths. Like I said, it dates back to July 26th, 1764. 268 deaths have occurred in school shootings in America. Just a reminder, that 2,000 babies were murdered in the, in the womb yesterday, and another 2,000 will be murdered today, and another 2,000 babies will be murdered tomorrow in this country. But that is about to change. By the grace of God, this is such a victorious moment, a monumental moment, a moment where we should all be celebrating the, the decades of prayer to overturn Roe v. Wade has happened today. The monumental decision that was made to overturn Roe v. Wade happened today. And now what's going to happen? It's going to drastically reduce abortions in America. Praise God. More on this and what this means, very important info of what this means for us now and what's coming next. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Zach Drew. And I'm Andrew Bellers. Before we start on today's content, I want to give just a very, very uh, huge shout out to Toby and Lynette, Dennis and Jana, Steve and Patty. And you probably remember Steve and Patty, their names. They're the ones that gave the $25,000 match for our big fundraiser. And we paired it with Stan's $5,000 match so that we are, we are on DirecTV and Comcast Cable. If you're watching from TV, 
uh, right now. Uh, that was made possible in large part because of Steve and Patty. And I also want to thank Susan. All of you joined the Paul Revere Club in the past 10 days. Listen, the Paul Revere Club, this is how, and I, and I can't stress it enough, this is how this ministry will survive. So please go to the ZachDrewShow.com right now and click on where it says store. So the Paul Revere Report uh, is what you're going to receive. So join the Paul Revere Club. It's for a donation of $30. Uh, every month, we will send you a special news report to your email. You will receive the shocking articles that we just didn't have time to cover on the show, written commentary explaining the significance of these uh, current events and, and even how they align with prophecies that God gave us thousands of years ago through the Word of God. The newsletter will have written recaps of the shows that took place during that month as well. This is all exclusive content that you can only receive as a member of the Power of Your Club. We are also going to have a section in there with all the videos and articles I read each month that I feel you would enjoy today. Listen, Paul Revere, Paul Revere took to his horse in the midnight hour. Prophetically speaking, we are in that midnight hour right now. He took to his horse to, to warn his patriot brothers, right, that the British were approaching Lexington, uh, warning them of what was to come. And we are watchmen. This is a watchman ministry, and we need new a new breed of Paul Revere's to run through the night against all odds and proclaim that Jesus is coming. And I'm asking every single person, it's for a donation of $30 a month, and, we will, and you will receive that Paul Revere report to your email. Everyone who believes in this show, please, I'm asking you right now to join this club. Go online right now, join the club, ZachDrewShow.com, click that uh, store button. Listen. The, the Supreme Court, they broke for recess. They won't be back until October. SCOTUS issued its decision in Dobbs versus Jackson on Friday, June 24th. You see, Roe v. Wade established that the U.S. Constitution protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion. So, what just took place? The court decided that the court decided that the court 50 years ago got it wrong. That there is no constitutional right under the federal constitution for abortion. Therefore, what happens? It is up to each individual state to rule accordingly. Now, I really need to stress this because there's going to be a lot of knee-jerk reactions to this, which is just fine. It's a very contentious issue that I make no mistake, you know where we side. You know where we side. But the Supreme Court, they are not ruling on abortion. They, they, they actually ruled on the Constitution. You see, if it is not specifically enumerated in the Constitution, then the courts cannot make law. They, can't, they cannot make laws about it. They, they cannot legislate from the bench. It is the right of the legislatures to create laws, not the courts. This is basic civics. They are constitutionalists interpreting the Constitution 
and they're simply saying, hey, we're not ruling one way or the other, whether this is not a, to them. And, you know, obviously there's some, there's some uh, bias and, and it's, it's, it's amazing bias, but this was not a bias of to, to figure out in the court, what is sin and not sin. We know it's sin or what is moral and not moral. We know what's, what is moral because the word of God lets us know exactly what is moral, what is right, what is wrong, what is sin. No, no, they were simply interpreting the constitution. And they said, listen, no, uh, under the, uh, a woman's rights of privacy, no, this has, this has nothing to do with abortion, nothing. Go ahead and put this graphic on the, on the screen. Justice Alito, this is what he wrote. The constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the due process clause of the 14th Amendment. The court's opinion recognized that the 14th Amendment's due process clause has been found to guarantee certain rights that are not spelled out in the Constitution, plain and simple, but that those rights are deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition. Abortion, the court said, does not fall within this category, as, quote, such a right was entirely unknown in American law into the late 20th century. So obviously, listen, if they're, if they're originalists, if they're constitutionalists, this does not, there, it's not just a reach, it's just an outright lie that that could possibly be talking about abortion or cover abortion. Whenever the constitution was written, abortion wasn't even a thing in the 20th century, right? Yeah. The opinion continued to shred uh, the Roe decision saying it was egregious, egregiously wrong from the start and that, quote, its reasoning was exponentially weak. Praise God. Not only was it egregiously wrong from a constitutional standpoint, but from a moral standpoint, it is probably the most egregious wrong that our country has ever engaged in. Yes. And if you have been you know, depending on your age, if you have been a single issue voter on the issue of abortion for the past 50 years, I believe that you have been in the right. I believe that this is the single, this has been the single most important issue for the past 50 years in this country. Uh, but I, I noticed, you know, the last election cycle, I saw a lot of people posting articles, Christians posting articles yeah. saying, if you're a single issue voter on abortion, you're in the wrong. And then the pessimistic view, it will never be overturned. Oh, that was so frustrating to me. And yeah. because I saw it all the time too, these, oh yeah. Uh, listen, people that like the, the Christians that were like Trump haters, right? Right. Listen, you know, Trump is such a, you know, you know, is bad man orange. Mm -hmm. And if you're voting for Trump just because of abortion and you're a single issue voter, then shame on you. And you're naive. You're naive, never... <laughs> you're ignorant, you're just, you're just a dumb individual. Uh-huh. Because first off, the elections are far more about one single issue, even though it is the most important issue. And then like you were saying, them saying, well, it's not gonna be overturned anyway. Mm -hmm. Hello? <laughs> this is a direct result. I mean, this is, this is, whether you wanna fight this or not, the, the, the absolute fact, the truth of the matter, is that this is a direct result of Donald Trump being elected. Yeah. 
yeah, that's exactly right. And, and so abortion is now going back to the decision of the states, which will drastically reduce the number of abortions performed in America. And like you said, you're right. Let us not forget that President Donald Trump appointed three of these judges that ruled that the Constitution doesn't say women can have abortions. Let us not forget that. You know, I had, uh, I had a conversation with uh, a, an attorney friend of mine, and he lives in uber-liberal California. Nazi California, um, not too far off from Illinois, and, and for those of you watching in New York, right? <clears throat> and he said to me, he said, Zach, I have people who try to make, you know, exceptions uh, for abortion. And one that he hears often whenever he talks to people, because he is vocal about his beliefs, as we all should be. And it's an argument that we've heard many times. He says, well, what about if the woman is raped? What if they're raped? He said to me, listen, Zach, rape is a horrible thing. And I am so sorry for the victims that have experienced such a heinous act. But the fact remains, even in that exception, that while rape is horrible, murder is worse. The taking of a baby's life is murder, and murder is trumps rape every single time. And he went on to say that, and like I said, he's an attorney. He said, even our, even our legal system knows this and recognizes this with the severity of punishment. People get life without parole every single day for murder throughout this country. You don't hear about people getting life for rape. And actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, here's a quote here from, a, from an, uh, a site that deals with these legal type of issues, it says, death sentences may, on this is you know, across the board, death sentences may only be imposed for crimes in which a victim is killed. But state legislatures can determine what specific circumstances make a murder eligible for the death sentence. So no matter what, someone has to die to receive the death sentence. Even our legal system knows and recognizes the difference between these two horrible acts with the severity of punishment. Yeah, one argument that I always hear, which I think is just a great argument, is that um, in, in the instance of rape, the person who is guilty of committing a crime is the father, not the child. Why should the child be punished for the crime of the father? Oh my. We're talking about a human life. You're exactly right. We are. We're talking about a human life. And so now they're going to argue that a fetus is not a human being. But the irony of this is that uh, even in Roe v. Wade in 1973, they did recognize that the baby in the third trimester is in fact a baby. Now, once again, they got it wrong because it is life at the moment of conception. The moment that that takes place, it is a miracle from no other source than God the Almighty. But even in Roe v. Wade, 
they state that in the third trimester, it, it is a baby. It is a baby. Listen, if a man murders a woman who is pregnant, and it is, and it is a what the legal term is called a viable fetus, it goes to court as a double homicide. Let that sink in, right? It is a baby. Oh, and the, oh, and the uh, double standard of it all. And let's, let's, let's get to that double standard in just a moment. But another thing that um, I was talking on the phone with, with him and, and, he, and he had another great idea. And, and um, he said, listen, here's another solution. If a woman is raped and conceives, then the government should cover all costs, everything. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And, a, and anyone who adopts the baby from the government should receive some type of huge monetary incentives, even maybe paying for the kid's entire college. I think those are fantastic thoughts. He said, we have, oh man, this was a line. I, I said, ooh, I said, I gotta write this one down too. He said, think about it. We have lawyers that represent trees, Zach. We have lawyers that represent fish. We have lawyers that represent rare butterflies but we don't have lawyers that represent the unborn. It's an unbelievable thing. Unbelievable. Where do we go from here? This, and take your time with this, Andrew. It's gonna go back to the state's decision, the sovereign states, this is basic civics. civics. The, the federal government ha, had f, has few uh, rights over the sovereign states. It's very limited now that has changed over the last several decades that we've given more and more and more power to the federal government, and that is to our own destruction. But this monumental uh, win today, it is sending the power back to the sovereign states. Which states are going to ban or, uh, uh, or hardcore restrict abortion because of what took place today? Well, there are 26 states in our country that are going 26. to- That are going to- uh, either certainly or likely ban abortion. Um, and just, I'm going to go through this list of states that are going to ban abortion. Um, and just so you understand some of the terminology here. When I say a pre-Roe ban, that means laws that were enacted before 1973 that have never been taken off the books. So, so when, uh, you know, abortion is, or Roe v. Wade is overturned. So the assumption is it's going to defer to the law that's already on the books. That's right. Uh, we also have trigger bans, which are laws that were passed saying, if Roe v. Wade goes through, this law is gonna go through. We have near total bans, which are laws enacted after Roe to prohibit abortion under all or nearly all circumstances. And then six, weeks, six week bans, which are basically heartbeat bills. As soon as the baby has a heartbeat, you can't do anything. So Alabama has a pre-Roe ban, a near total ban, and, a, and their state constitution bars protection from abortion, which is basically what the Supreme Court just said about the federal constitution. Arizona, they have a pre-row ban. Arkansas, they have a pre-row ban, a trigger ban, and a near total ban. Georgia, a six-week ban. Idaho, trigger ban and six-week ban. Iowa, a six-week ban. Kentucky, a trigger ban and six-week ban. Louisiana, trigger ban, near total ban, six-week ban, state con constitution bars protected, they got it all. 
uh, Michigan as a pre-row ban, Mississippi, a pre-row ban, Missouri trigger ban, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming. These are all states that are certainly going to ban abortion. And then in addition to that, there are four states that are very likely going to ban abortion. Those are Florida, which I think we can pretty safely say is likely going to ban abortion, uh, Indiana, Montana, and Nebraska. 26 states in the union Praise are going to say that, that abortion is illegal. That's amazing. And if you've seen on the map, you know, because we've said it before and you know this, that abortion today is the modern day slavery. It is. Yeah. And um, the they're already calling for nights of rage to take place throughout this country. It is going to get very intense very quickly. And people are screaming and angry that they no longer have the ability to murder their own children. The sick, twisted perversion of the day. We are living in the end times. And if you look at the map, it is an interesting thing because it's not a north versus south anymore. It really seems to be, if you look at the, if you look at the states, it's, they call it flyover country, right? From LA to New York. The majority of flyover country is going to be taking away off the board uh, abortion. And so it's a coast thing. So you have the coast that a lot of the East Coast, a lot of the West Coast is going to be saying, hey, abortions uh, are totally fair game. You know, come to our state, and perform. But it is the flyover country that uh, is is red. It's it's a, it's an unbelievable thing. Hey, you know, a quick shout out. Uh, the very first I, I lived in Missouri for uh, seven and a half years, almost almost eight years. You lived there for for two years, for two years. Hey. Shout out to Missouri for actually being the first state as soon as Roe v. Wade was overruled. They were the first state to ban all abortions. Yeah, that's amazing. Praise God. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And listen, there sure is. I was talking about the double standard. There is absolutely a double standard uh, in the left, the people that are screaming for the right to murder their children based off of convenience on the altar of bail. You know, the liberal left, they, they, they often praise women for aborting their children. And what do they say? They say this. They say, well, she, she's doing it for, the, for her best interests. So their logic is, go ahead and murder your children. And, and this is acceptable to them because the woman is operating in her best interests. But it's quite the double standard. Because with that same line of thought, shouldn't the liberal left also be praising men for abandoning their children after birth? I mean, if they're just operating in their best interests, right? No, it's a double standard. It's a double standard. Listen, we have five minutes left of the show, and I just want to end it with this. I think it's important on this monumental day to share this again. How do we judge our greatest enemy? We remember September 11th, 2001, and the 3,000 people who died that tragic day at the hands of our enemies. It has lived in infamy as the most lives ever lost on American soil due to a terrorist attack in a single day. It was a horrific day, 
and it's hard to imagine anything worse. But I want you to try. Can you even imagine if an entire city was wiped out? 3,000 people died in one day. What if an entire city was wiped out in an entire day? We don't even want to go there in our minds, but, it, it, but what if instead of it, it, it wasn't 3,000, but what if our enemies had destroyed all of New York City, all of it? That would be 8.4 million people. You know what? Let's take it a step further. And what if, they, what if our enemies in a, you know, didn't just wipe out the World Trade Centers, the World Trade Center, but they uh, wiped out New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, well, instead of that number being 3,000, it would be 14 million people. You can't even imagine that, the loss. I want you to go another step further with me. And I want you to imagine that on that day, our enemy systematically wiped out the top 50 most populated cities in all of America. Say the names of those cities with me and let this sink in. What if our enemies destroyed all of New York City, New York, 8.4 million people, Los Angeles, California, 3.9 million people, Chicago, Illinois, 2.7 million people, Houston, Texas, 2.2 million people, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 1.5 million people. Phoenix, Arizona, 1.5 million people. San Antonio, Texas, 1.4 million people. San Diego, California, 1.3 million people. Dallas, Texas, 1.3 million people. San Jose, California, 1 million people. Austin, Texas, 900,000. Jacksonville, Florida, 850,000. San Francisco, California, 850,000. Indianapolis, Indiana, 848,000. All gone because our enemies wiped them off the face of the earth. Columbus, Ohio, 830,000. Fort Worth, Texas, 800,000. Charlotte, North Carolina, 800,000. Detroit, Michigan, 680,000. El Paso, Texas, Texas, 679,000. Seattle, Washington, 668,000. Denver, Colorado, 663,000. Washington, D.C., 658,000. Memphis, Tennessee, 656,000. Boston, Massachusetts, 655,000. Nashville, 644,000. Baltimore, Maryland, 622,000. Oklahoma City, 620,000. Portland, Oregon, 619. Las Vegas, 613. Louisville, 612. Milwaukee, 599,000. Albuquerque, 557. Tucson, Arizona, 527. Fresno, California, 515. Sacramento, 585. Long Beach, California, 473. Kansas City, 470. Mesa, Arizona, 464. Atlanta, Georgia, 456,000. Virginia Beach, 450. Omaha, 446. Colorado Springs, 445. Raleigh, North Carolina, 439. Miami, Florida, 430. Oklahoma, California, 413. Minneapolis, Minnesota, 407. Tulsa, Oklahoma, 399. Cleveland, Ohio, 389. Wichita, Kansas, 388. New Orleans, Louisiana, 384,000. If we had an enemy that took out every single life in all 50 of the most populated cities in all of America, that number would equal 49,163,329. Still 11 million people, 11 million lives short of the lives taken since abortion was established in this country through Roe v. Wade in 1973. 
Thousands of babies die every day. A silent 9-11 America takes place every single day. This is a monumental victory in the United States of America. Let us rejoice. God, thank you in your grace, Father God, that you have guided these Supreme Court justices to rule rightly on our Constitution that was founded on Christian principles by our forefathers. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for what you have done and what you are going to do. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. We'll see you next week. 